On this episode of the Junior Wakefield Show, I have a good friend, Serena Penter. I believe everyone has greatness in them. As a personal trainer, it's my goal to get people to push themselves and to see the greatness in them that I see. And some people have stories so great, so incredible, I felt the need to share them with the world. Join me as I sit down and talk with some of the people who define greatness in our generation. This is the Junior Wakefield Show. Welcome to the Junior Wakefield Show. Yeah, I'm Junior Wakefield. Today, my special guest is a really good friend of mine. Well, there she is. Hey. <laughs> That's even better. Hey, Serena. How are you? Boy, I thought it was coming to me, and then I was going to surprise everybody, but now you're on. Well, so hello, good. hello, everyone. How you doing? <laughs> oh, I'm doing great. I've had a little bit of coffee this morning, so I'm trying to wake up still, but okay. I am here. <laughs> okay. Well, good. Now, it, it's funny because we have this... Well, we have this big old TV right over here. So, Serena, you've been looking at yourself nonstop and checking <laughs> and trying to switch and move around and, and all that stuff, which I think is kind of funny. I'm staring straight at it right now. <laughs> You're staring straight at it. There you go. I'm like, now, yes, there's the camera. Does everything there's look all right? Everything, uh, yeah, for now. <laughs> <laughs> for now, until you adjust until you move around. Yes. Well, good. So, you had your coffee this morning. How was your day so far? I mean, it's just getting started, so... Well, I mean, this is a really great way to start the day is obviously being on the show with you and I mean, just staying productive and hopefully that's what today is about. That is true. <laughs> now, everybody that I have on the show, it's, it's about a story to tell. Everybody has um, something that's gone on in their life that, that we've all gone through struggles, obstacles, frustrations, pains, heartaches, and we've overcome it. And as we've overcome it, we actually there are many people out there who have similar stories, but some of them don't actually have the opportunity to be able to share it with others. And so today, the reason why I have you on is because you have a story to tell. You have a story to tell about the many different things that you've gone through, um, what brought you to where you are today. Um, you, you, you talk highly about your parents and those are your motivation, you know, to get you through tough times. Most of us use that as an example. Uh, you know, my mom and my dad and, 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 and Tracy, my wife Tracy, and, and many other people have been there to help and encourage and, and give me, my son Zachary, most definitely, and give a shout out to Zachary. Um, he just had a treatment just the other day. So, uh, but about your story, because you're, you're on the show. Tell us a little bit about yourself. Um, okay, so to give a pretty brief synopsis of who I am as a person, um, so I was born and raised well, I wasn't born, but I was raised in West Texas and uh, grew up. I have a brother and a sister that are quite a bit older than me, but, you know, that happens sometimes. <laughs> what, do you, what do you mean quite a bit older than you? My sister's 10 years older than me and my brother is 7 years older than me. No, so that's not too bad. It's nice to have older siblings. You kind of uh, get to look up to people that are substantially older than you, so that was great. Um, so I have a really great family. Like you said, you know, I talk really great about my parents, so... Um, shout out to them for sure. Um, uh, and who are you giving a shout out? Just because your par parents let everybody know who your parents are. Uh, well, my mom and dad, Kathy and Mike Pinter. Ooh, Hello. Now, Love y'all. Now you know what's going to happen. They're going to be like, oh my God, why did she say yes. her names? And my brother and sister, Morgan and Paul. So media family. But there yes. There you go. Um, as far as that's concerned, yes, I grew up in West Texas. I um, 
was a soccer player for 18 years, so that was a really big chunk of my life. Um, what else? I think after high school, you know, going into college, I actually played, I went to Texas Tech University. Guns up. I don't know if anybody is there, yeah. He, he went to Texas Tech as well, so I love that. Um, played soccer there for a year, and um, that's when I dove into the service industry part of my life. Mm-hmm. So that was quite a whirlwind to start. You know, I've been in it for probably like eight to ten years now. So mm-hmm. um, throughout that chunk of my life in college is when my family experienced my mom's illness, which I discussed on the last show for very brief. But um, so our family went through really big shock syndrome with that. Um, and so, you know, having to learn and navigate through life with, you know, having an illness in the family and still trying to stay afloat in college. Also, very substantially in student loan debt. <laughs> I'll be totally out there about that, which I think is um, happening to a lot of people these days. Mm-hmm. But really, I'm just a girl who wants to stay in shape, who loves her family, who wants to pay off this student loan debt as soon as possible. <laughs> but also, you know, continue to stay um, humble and as successful as possible. And even though I have a college degree, you know, I do really enjoy my current position right now as a server and bartender. So it doesn't mean that even if you have a college degree, you have to do exactly what you went there for. But um, I'm very happy and I do feel very successful in the position that I'm in right now. So that's kind of a quick little synopsis of me without taking a million years too. <laughs> well, there you go. Now we have a similar situation because we have illnesses in, in our family. And you know my, everybody uh, knows my situation and um, you hinted on it a little bit um, last, last time when you were on what's on your plate. So just a tad, a little bit more detail. And how did you feel about that when you found out about your mom's illness? Yeah, so that was just really shocking. Um, I was obviously really upset. I can really, I can remember it exactly to this day. So I was, it was, I think, 2013 or 2014. I was on the spring break trip in college with a bunch of my friends. And not only did I get, so it started out actually with a phone call that my car was broken into and my social security card was stolen and my laptop had gotten stolen. And not only that, if anybody that's watching this knows anything about Lubbock, Texas, you know there's <laughs> dust storms every once in a while. Mm-hmm. So in the same day, um, not only did I get all, all this stuff stolen, my car was left open during a dust storm, aka they call it a haboob. I don't know why. But not only, so I have all this dust and, you know, it's just, you know, really bad way to start out the trip. And then I get the next phone call is about my mom. And she was like, hey, like, I just want to let you know that, like, I have cancer. And I was like, I just, I was like, this is the worst day ever. Mm-hmm. Um, my friends were there to support me, so that was really cool. But um, I was really pretty scared, obviously. Um, I didn't really know what to think. I was like, oh, my God, cancer, that's not anything that's ever positively talked about, of course. Mm-hmm. And so... That was how, that was the exact day that I found out. So moving forward from that, she went through chemo and radiation and she did it with flying colors. I mean, she got through it, maybe got sick a few times, but um, she did it perfectly fine. But once all of that was over was when it started to really destroy her body. Mm -hmm. Um, She got 
blood poisoning in her little chemo port. Mm. And mm-hmm. she, I, all I could remember for like months and months on end was that um, constantly in and out of surgery. Um, and sorry, mom, I'm kind of talking, I'm being really detailed, so hope you don't mind. Um, she had stage four cervical, bladder, and uterine cancer wow. all at the same time. Wow. I'm pretty sure that's exactly what they were. Um, but yes, it was super harsh on her body. And, you know, there were times, like, she lost, she dropped 70 pounds from the whole process. Wow. Um, so you couldn't even, you really wouldn't even recognize her from start to finish. But, um, but yeah, there were times where her fever was just so high, she was just out of it. Like, I would call her on the phone, and she would, I could just tell she was out of it. Mm-hmm. She, that's how much pain she was in, and it just really sucks watching her mom go through that. And, like, watching somebody you really care about do that, you know, and watching my... <laughs> This is another hard part was watching my dad go through it too because he was her immediate um, caretaker. But, you know, my mom stayed super strong through the whole process. Um, there was a moment where I believe she was given six months to live. Mm-hmm. And my mom was like, uh, no, like, I'm not ready to leave yet. Like, let's not do this. So um, she ended up eventually going and uh, seeing a new specialist in Houston at MD Anderson. Shout out to them. (laughs) They're pretty great, I love them. Uh, And they just monitored her and she ended up having a surgery Mm -hmm. to replace her uh, her bladder because they developed a hole in it, which is crazy. Uh, again, I'm sorry, Mom. I'm really leaking a lot of your information here. (laughs) She's, well, (laughs) it's crazy. (laughs) You know, it's, it's, the interesting part about it is, is, Moms are pretty much kind of like the staple of the family. They're the ones that kind of, they're the, um, they're the negotiators when it comes to discipline from dad. Um, they're the barriers, they're the, uh, they absorb a lot of stuff. And we see them, we see mothers as super women. And we see them in every light as an as a, as a incredible superwoman. How did that affect you? We knew you told us a lot about how what your mom went through, but how did that affect you? What did that do to you? Well, obviously, of course, <clears throat> excuse me, it was a really shocking at first. So I didn't really, I didn't know what was going to happen. I was really afraid to even try to create scenarios in my head because that's never something you want to do. But um, the day she told me, she was like, "I'm going to be fine. Like, it's okay. You don't have to cry. Like, I'm going to be okay." And I was like, "What?" how can you have such a positive attitude? That's so like, that's pretty inspirational. So, um, that actually helped my mindset through the whole process. Like Mm -hmm. I just tried to call her as much as I could. And it was a really, it wasn't a great time for me either. Cause I was in the middle of being, you know, going through school and being in college and I couldn't be there as much as I wanted to be there. But like, I did try to keep in contact as much as possible, but Um, you know, even sometimes like it would, again, it would kill me when my dad would call me like crying and I just, I also had to stay strong for him too. And like, I was like, it's okay. She's going to be fine. Like we're going to get her, she's going to get through this. She told me she was going to. So, um, to answer your question along short of things, like I just, as much as scary as it is, like you really have to stay strong for those people and not treat them like they're sick. You know what I mean? You have mm-hmm. to treat them like 
there's still normal people on this earth, you know, they're not, you can't just, I don't know, that's just the way I see it. I, I can't picture myself treating my mom like she's just gonna die, you know what I mean? Like, Most definitely. Most definitely. That's not the way I would want to, even if something did go wrong, like that wouldn't have been the way I would have wanted to have like the last moments or anything, you know, so. Now I know with my son, Zachary, he talked about he doesn't want to be pitied. And I would think that sounds very similar to what your mom would want is they don't want any special treatment. They just want everybody to treat them like, hey, this is mom or like my son, Zachary. Hey, I'm still Zachary. And sometimes we get over, we get our emotions and stuff going that it's like, Ugh, you know, I want to do this. I want to do this. I want to do this. So with that, with your mom being sick and you going through college, you going, you know, going through life, learning life, trying to figure out what you wanted to do. You came here, you got out of West Texas and you came to Dallas. Mm -hmm. What'd you come to Dallas for? <laughs> so, um, for anyone who knows Midland, mm -hmm. it's a great, it's a great town. Um, I had just been engulfed in the West Texas area for, uh, 18 years of my life, um, which is a good chunk of time, you know, and I felt as though even from a young age, even playing soccer, um, being in the West Texas area, there wasn't as much opportunity for, you know, soccer and leagues as there were here in Dallas. Naturally, you know, and again, Midland is a great town, but naturally there, there is more opportunity here. Mm -hmm. And I fell in love with the idea of moving on, you know, as a single person by myself to a new city. Um, I've been to Dallas a lot too, so I was pretty familiar with it, but, um, I fell in love with the idea of having like new experiences, new opportunity, new city, more things to do. And I scored a job right out of college, right before I graduated. So that was an even more good reason for me to move out here. And mm -hmm. I've loved it ever since I've been here for five years. And I was actually in the same apartment for five years. I just moved to a new apartment. I've been <laughs> there for like maybe two months, but, um, yeah, it's been a really great experience being out here. It's much different than Midland. I'm not saying, you know, different cities are different for other people, but um, it's very much a different experience for me and I'm, I'm really enjoying it a lot. So that's okay. <laughs> So since you've been out, since you've been out here, you and I, we ended up uh, starting to work out, mm -hmm. right? Now you got away from soccer, which you were more active in soccer yes. and then got into working out. What's your workouts like? So I'm starting to finally go, go back to the gym. Um, I will be totally honest. I've never been a gym person. Um, I've always been a, I need a coach in front of me yelling at me kind of, kind of a workout person. So really my workouts right now are more focused around body weight, like exercises, strength training, mm -hmm. um, you know, really good thing that I heard that has stuck with me is, you know, Hey, if you can't lift your own body weight, like why would you go to the gym and lift weights? You know what I mean? And so a lot of it actually, um, one of my girlfriends, really, really good girlfriend, she's a Pilates instructor. Mm -hmm. So I did actually start doing Pilates and this was probably only about 
maybe a year and a half ago, mm-hmm. a year and a half or two years ago, is when I really started honing back in on my fitness. And Pilates, it's, it's a, it was a Pilates bar class. Mm-hmm. And if you really want to talk about toning as fast as possible, this is like one really good way to do it without um, really strenuating like your joints. If you have like knee problems or, you know, if you can't do anything like super, um, I don't know, like not a lot of tension on your like joints or mm-hmm. if you have back problems or whatever. This is a really great way to kind of dive back into it. And I mean, it was within a month, I was starting to put muscle back on that I hadn't seen in a couple years. And um, and it's really tough, like you get better at it, but it never gets easier. So after that, you know, I started working out with you and a lot of it is um, cardio, body weight training, um, obviously group exercises. So carrying people on your back (laughs) (laughs) around a park, it's really hard if you've never done it. But, um, so a lot of it is just, I would say hit workouts. I would say maybe high intensity interval training. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Now, um, to jump on the Pilates bandwagon. (laughs) Yes. I've for a person, my size. Yes. I've done Pilates (laughs) a couple of times and it is tough. It is. Yeah. It's tough when, um, never mind. I won't get into any of those stories, <laughs> but I'll just say that it is tough. Now, working out is one of those things that I always say that you have to continue in, on a regular basis. Um, once you, one of the toughest parts about working out is to start it. One of the most difficult things is to tell your mind to start it because we can, we can say, Hey, we're going to work out because at the first of the year, everybody has these new year's resolutions of what they want to do. They're going to start working out by the time January 5th, January 10th comes around. They finally get to the gym. I take it back. They finally either walk into the gym or they finally make a phone call to, to, to get to working out by the end of February, their workout session is already done because they've, they've, they've done enough. The toughest part about working out is getting your mind right to work out. What's the toughest part about working out for you? Absolutely. Uh, first, I'll agree on that. Mind over matter is everything. Um, toughest thing for me would probably be getting out of my own head. I'm really, really hard on myself mm-hmm. when it comes to performance or results. I'm always in my head saying, you know, I could have done, I could have done better. I could have been faster. You know, I. I could look better. It's just, I think that's the toughest part for me. It's even though, you know, I am putting the effort out to come to the workouts or, you know, go to a group workout. I think that would probably be the hardest thing for me is that I'm not giving myself enough credit, which is something I am working on um, actively every day is, you know, they, there's this thing I read the other day. It's like, you know, really successful people display these five things. And one of them is like, if you're not questioning yourself, you're successful. Hmm. And I thought that was pretty cool because you would think the complete opposite. You would think, you know, oh no, successful person just goes for it, you know? So when it comes to me reading that, it just kind of took me by surprise. Like, 
oh, you know, I mean, success in different forms, of course, mm -hmm. whether it's workout or career or whatever. It said, you know, if you're not questioning yourself, you're not questioning like all of your different capabilities and X, Y, Z, and this, this can make you more successful rather than just diving deep into something that maybe isn't even right for you in, in the beginning. So, yeah, I think that that's, yeah. I think one of the, the good things is, is we, um, we were at Whiskey Cake. <laughs> They're the, we were at Whiskey Cake and um, we, I had a group, we just finished working out and they had, um, there were some comments that were made about you that you didn't know. People used you as motivation. People use, well, so what we did was, is when we were, when you and I, when we were working out in the group, I was pretty much hard on you because I called you out more because you, you were, you're a beast. You're a beast. So, I mean, when, when it came to going up against, because there were guys and there were ladies in the group and you didn't want to do what the ladies were doing. You were, you were up there with the guys and you were outperforming some of these guys, which was really kind of amazing. <laughs> so when we were, when we were out the other day and we were at whiskey cake and some of the ladies used you as an example of how to push themselves. They used you. They watched you as you outperformed these guys. They watched you as you outran, as you always gave 100%. And these girls finally got the opportunity to tell you that. That was pretty cool. That was one of those things that was like, man, I hated. I wish I could have did the push-ups that you did. Because the push-ups weren't normal push-ups. We always had our feet elevated on something. So all your body weight and stuff come to your chest. So you had to... You were with the guys just doing it. Most definitely. Anything that I anything that I was putting you guys through, you were coming out on top. And that was one of the things that many people enjoyed. They liked you. One of the ladies, and I'm gonna throw Taylor out there. <laughs> Taylor says she is a fast runner and she had never been beaten except by you. And that's one of those things that she used you as motivation to go out and she's like, I gotta push myself harder. No, don't be wrong. Taylor's a beast. She is an incredible beast. But you're a better beast. <laughs> but you, you, when you put, when you put your mind to something, when you put everything into it, you go, mm -hmm. and you do it. Where'd that motivation come from? Oh, I think that really that stems from as an adult now. I feel like that motivation comes from me maybe not pushing myself harder when I was younger. I was in like the most insane shape when I was in my junior or senior year of college, or I'm sorry, high school. You know, I was running cross country at 5 a.m. every morning before school, um, going through my class periods, hit my soccer period, then after school, I had my uh, cross country practice again. And I'm, I mean, we were running five and six miles per practice. Mm -hmm. And then after that, I had club soccer. And so, you know, I was in amazing shape. My cardio level was unbeaten. I absolutely loved how, and that's me, I'm trying to stay as humble as possible, but sure. I, like was in, I was in really good shape 
I don't feel like I applied myself as much as I probably could have. And I think that that happens to a lot of people in different areas in their life when they become an adult saying, oh, I wish I would have pushed myself harder here. I wish I would push myself harder here. So that is one strain of my motivation. Um, my second strain of motivation is um, I do want to, and this is a goal of mine, but like I want to stay as healthy as possible and live as long as possible. Um, lately I've been putting a lot of really natural, I've been trying to stay as natural as possible when it comes to what I'm eating. And I can talk about that a little bit more later if that's something you want to talk about. But um, I think that I really enjoy, like as I'm getting older, like I like the person that I'm turning into. And I also want others to realize that like you, you really can change your life just by changing what you're eating and even when you're working out, like really getting the most out of it. Mm -hmm. I think that I would, if, you know, I mean, I'm pretty athletic. I could be more athletic, but like, I know that there's people out there that want to be more athletic. And even some people who are asking me for help, like I'm more than happy to help people achieve what they want just by giving them a few tips. And so I, I really like setting an example for others. And I want people, obviously, and that's cool that people are saying really nice things about me. That's really uh, heartwarming. So I think that to roundabout answer your question, um, I think that another strain of motivation is that I, I, like to, I like to help people get where they want to be. If they just want to ask, more than happy to help and tell there you, you what go. I do. <laughs> well, there you go. Well, you have the softer side of me because I'm, I'm just, no. No, yes, yeah, I'm, 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 I'm hardcore. So go ahead and give out some motivational uh, tips for anyone out there or uh, shout outs to anyone out there. You can put them all together. Absolutely. Um, motivational tips or even just health tips. My, a few of my favorite that I'm practicing right now, actually something that I started trying at the end of 2020 was cutting out, not completely, but cutting out animal protein. I watched this documentary and it really changed my perspective on it. Now, I'm a steak girl. I love steak too much to completely give it up, but I have noticed a vast change in my performance mm -hmm. and which this documentary shows the same thing about these professional athletes who change just to plant-based diets mm -hmm. and their performance has just exceeded and they have so many different data results and um, okay. testing on it so I tried it out I tried and I'm a wine lover too so I did no alcohol for five days and I did um, no animal protein uh, for five days and when I say no animal protein, I mean no, like, just actual animal protein. Like, if there were egg or dairy in it, I wasn't going to be super strict on that. But I went out on a run for the first time in two months, and I ran my fastest mile in years. And it was 8 minutes and 30 seconds, which isn't, like, the greatest time ever. But I was running 9 minutes and 30 seconds before that, which hmm. is – so I really loved – that's one of my first tips so I don't keep talking too much. <laughs> One of my second tips is um, obviously stay pretty realistic with your diet. I've never been really, I've never been good at 
strict dieting or, oh my God, if I cheat this one time, I'm going to put all the pounds back on. Like, I really can't function like that. When it comes to my diet, I stay realistic. So if I want, like, just to kind of feel like I'm eating meat, I will go to Kroger and there's these really great Morningstar spicy black bean patties. They also have buffalo chick patties, but they're not actual animal protein. Plant. It makes me feel like I'm eating, like, a, maybe even like a hamburger patty, but it still tastes really good and I have a vegetable on the side. Um, so keeping your diet realistic, um, eating more, I mean, incorporating a vegetable in at least every meal or at least one plate of veggies a day. Um, that's one of the other tips I have. Also staying in movement, even if it means if you're super tired and unmotivated one day, just get outside and go for a walk. Go for okay. a two or three mile walk. As long as you're staying in movement, you're constantly burning calories. Um, another tip I would have, try to put muscle on. The more muscle you have, the more calories you're constantly burning because your metabolism's higher. Mm -hmm. Those are just the really the easy tips that I live on day to day that I try to stick with because it's it's realistic for me and I can stick to it without completely if I want to have a cheat day and have pizza or a really nice steak you I'm not going to feel terrible about it because the more you stress about getting off your diet I think the worse off you are all right so go ahead and uh, give a shout out give a shout out <laughs> oh man um well, first, obviously, having a family that I grew up around, my brother and sister playing soccer. Okay. So that's kind of the start of my journey. So shout out to my family for starting me out young. There you go. There <laughs> um, you go. Moving along, I would have to say shout out to one of my college coaches um, when I played soccer constantly keeping us motivated and at the same time training us on how to do a little boxing as well. More shout outs to, I would have to say, Junior Wakefield. <laughs> wow. Keeping me constantly motivated. I work with Henry or Junior, whatever you want to call him. I pick whatever I feel like I want to use. No, you don't just pick that. You don't <laughs> pick that. So that's like the voice of God. Right. We don't, we don't, we don't, we don't, we don't just pick. So you, it's Junior. It, it's Junior. Oh, very um, few. My mother called me Henry. That was when I was in trouble. So oh, yeah, other than sorry. That. Anyways, shout out to you. You've been a really great inspiration there. I will also shout out to my other trainer, David. He's really great as well. He's a huge motivational guy and is constantly keeping everyone motivated. And um, So shout out to him as well. Shout out to my friend Sarah. She's keeping me motivated, and we're going to the gym together like twice a week now. It's really there great. There you go. There you go. And um, just shout out to a lot of my friends who are in constant support of my lifestyle. And even though maybe I don't see them all the time, we can still pick up where we leave off because they know I'm trying to – stay focused and buckle down. So those are my shout outs. Well, that's awesome. Well, thank you guys for watching the Junior Wakefield Show. And Serena, thank you for being here. It's, um, 
it's many people who have gone through some of the things that you've gone through who just nice to hear somebody else go through that and makes you makes them feel that they're not alone so thank you for being here always a pleasure and uh i'm ready for you to be on the uh, what's on your plate the second time to be on what's on your plate thank you guys for watching the junior wakefield show now my shout out that i'm doing real quick because i'm probably going over is to andrew and andrew probably has a camera on him this is andrew's last week of doing the junior wakefield show guys he will be he will be sitting in this chair right over here on friday so I'm excited to have to interview Andrew on the Junior Wakefield show this Friday. So guys, please watch uh, on Facebook Live, Instagram, and all the other social media outlets. Thank you guys for watching this episode of the Junior Wakefield show. Thank you to Serena Pinter. Thank you for Kathy Pinter for watching. Thank you for all those guys out there watching. Thank you guys. Appreciate it. And we will catch you guys next time. Thanks.